This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello everyone, it's me, the Podfather, and welcome to the Current Affairs Podcast with Will and Ben. Hello Ben. Hello Will. This is our news discussion podcast, where we bring to you high-end discussion about the biggest news stories of the week and a couple of the more wacky, wild side of life kind of stories. We will also answer a couple of questions from you, our loyal legions of followers. You can find us basically everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, if you search Purple Radio, you will find us at the at the Current Affairs Podcast with Will and Ben. We also play every Saturday at 11am on Purple Radio. And we also stream a live, uncut version of the podcast at 2.35pm every Friday. Think of that as almost an extended edition reserved for our most loyal followers. This week, we've had to reschedule our live show to now, but we'll be back at the traditional time next week. So, Ben, what's in this week's show? Oh, my gosh. Happy National Clam Chowder Day, William. We've only gone and done it. We've condensed three of this week's biggest stories from across the world into a juicy 30-minute podcast just for you. On today's show, we'll have a look at Prime Minister Johnson's recently announced COVID lockdown roadmap, the huge strike scene across Myanmar, and, of course, the Clash Royale. Nicola Sturgeon versus Alex Salmond and what this means for you. We've also dug out some funny stories from the depths of the internet, including one San Franciscan resident who's quite literally moved house, an eight-year-old genius on Zoom, and one man's defiance of the local Whitney co-op. All this, and then we'll get to some of our most important questions from our listeners. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, chaps. Well, should we get straight into it? Before we get straight into it. Okay. I think it's important we raise awareness of National Clam Chowder Day. I don't know if you're aware of what a national, well, not not a national clam chowder is, but the clam chowder, soup slash stew containing clams and or fish. That's all I got for you. Let's crack on with the show. Let's crack on with the show. So earlier in the week, the Prime Minister responded to the question that was on everyone's lips. Mr. Johnson, what are you going to do to me? And he announced what, what England's, What's he England's route map out of lockdown has been released. What? Do you want me to give you a quick, a very quick run through of what's of what's what's occurring with that? Right. I will allocate you 10 seconds. No, not 10. Take your time. 30 Take seconds. Time. Re- 30, well, okay, 30 I'll give you seconds. that. So stage one is the 8th of March is where that begins with the reopening of schools and two people from different households can meet outside for recreation stage one second part part two return of the Sith whatever it's called 29th of March <laughs> extended meeting outside to rule of six or to two households including in private gardens end of the stay at home rule and outdoor sports will return stage two 12th of April all shows restaurants and pubs allowed outside gyms and hairdressers open and domestic holidays now allowed stage three 17th of May 30 people allowed to meet outdoors Six or two households indoors. Hospitality indoors open. Large-scale events with restrictions open. Possibly international travel, however, that's sort of independent of the national picture. Stays for the 21st of June. All limits to social contact removed. Large-scale events op- uh, open. But most importantly of all, nightclubs open. No. No. I don't believe it. Congratulations, believe Mr it. Johnson. So... <laughs> So there you go. Yes, all these measures will be at least five weeks apart. Uh, and on the basis and sort of the decision to go ahead with them will be based on how vaccines are doing, infection rates and all mm. the variants that needs to be considered. So what are your thoughts on this, Mr. Stoney? Oh, God, it's I've been looking forward to this for 
for months. Like I've, I've probably been looking forward to it since March last year, if I'm honest. You know, I remember leaving uni in March, um, <gasps> coming back home, thinking. I remember you in particular thought, "Oh yes, we'll be back. We'll be back. You know, probably next <laughs> term. You know, we'll be, be back. In, we'll be back in <laughs> you know, on a Sunday." Um, <laughs> I remember you vividly saying that, um, and 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 I don't know, but my family from Hong Kong telling me, "Be a bit wary of this one after um, after the memory of SARS," um, but. Thank God, like there, there's not been a light at the end of the tunnel of, of, of the tunnel for so long, and the fact that we now have a roadmap, which, which gives us some 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 elements of hope. I mean, all the dates are provisional, all the dates are subject, as you mentioned, to four tests. So one's the vaccine deployment carrying on. The next one is that they, they these vaccines are reducing hospitalizations, which we've seen actually in Israel. Um, so you know most of their people have by now have received the Pfizer vaccine, and it's driven down hospitalizations a, a huge amount. Um, the third test being um, that the, the hospitalization don't put a surge on the NHS, and the final one is that the new variants don't throw the whole thing off. But if all of those are met, the twenty first of June is like a reset button. It's everything's Everything's back on the table again, and I. Uh, Independence. I'm lost for words. I'm lost Precious for week words. all over again. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is quite slow, uh, yes. and has faced a bit of opposition from the COVID research group. However, what what astonished me is all restrictions over on the twenty first of June. Is what I, they're planning. I for. didn't. I didn't see this coming for at least like another. I don't know. I thought I'd be sort of 60 and just retired when I saw all restrictions gone. But I suppose it signals their main shift. And their main shift is once the vaccines are gone, this is just like the flu. This is something we can live with. Um, Which, which means, you know, I mean, I had my flu vaccine uh, last year and, 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 and perhaps maybe next year I'll have my, you know, second COVID vaccine. And that's just the way we'll live from now on. Um, But no, it's it's interesting, and I I was shocked as well. But I suppose the big question on everyone's lips is, when are we going to travel, Will? When are we going to travel? I don't know. Well, that yeah, no, is, there's a there's a million <laughs> more factors than there already yeah. are for the domestic rules on international travel. There's talk yeah. we'll be able to go to Greece in May. There's talk that those would have been vaccinated will be able to travel, and us us younglings won't. Um, it's all oh. very very complicated, but I reckon. I reckon there'll be a summer holiday to, to some places. Might go to Israel or another one of the very well vaccinated countries. Bahrain. Yeah. Bahrain hit me up with a free package deal. Go on. We'll He's the, at, at the Current Affairs podcast stuff with a with an all expenses paid yeah. sightseeing trip. We'll host a podcast from there just for you. Current Affairs uh, podcast sponsored by Bahrain. There you go. Coming yeah. soon. Um, yeah. But no, um, it's but- 21st of June. Much earlier than we thought. Slow but steady march to freedom from now on. So, you know, mm. keep your spirits up, everyone. And don't worry, it'll be, we'll all be allowed to sit on park benches soon. So happy days. I've got, I've got a very, very ethical question for you here. Perhaps almost too ethical. Who knows? Should there be a vaccine passport? Um, for international travel, the suggestion is maybe because of mm. variants, etc., for, for um, national stuff, the suggestion is no, because people who uh, are at risk of being seriously ill slash dying from this are being or have been vaccinated against it. And the rest of us, folks like me and you, who are fortunately unlikely to be too poorly, um, we should 
we should we're not at risk of causing any serious illness to ourselves. So I think we should be allowed to crack on once the vulnerable are protected. Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's I suppose it also brings us onto that really tricky area of um, like the just discrimination as well. You know, um, like uh, less economically developed nations. You know, some can't afford vaccines in the way we do. Um, suddenly won't be allowed to sort of, you know, move from outside their country, immigrate into new countries with jobs and stuff, um, as well as people who, in England, um, for, you know, uh, disability reasons, can't can't take vaccines. And now, you know, could be could be stopped from all international travel in the future. It's it's a tricky one. Um, it is a tricky one. It is a tricky mm, one. Tell you what else has been that's... tricky. Tell you what else has been tricky. The education what? situation. Obviously, schools have been the government's priority uh, to go back throughout all of this, mm. and they are on the 8th of March. But just briefly, Gavin Williamson, the illustrious education secretary, um, announced that GCSE and A-level exams are cancelled and that the results will be set by teachers. So this, on the surface of it, appears to be a repeat of, of last, year's, um, mm. last year's way of doing things. So get a load of that. On a wider... Right international scale um we just do want to uh do a quick nod to the grim milestone in the united states of america of five hundred thousand people have now died from coronavirus uh this was recorded on tuesday joe biden marked this with the lowering of flags on all federal property uh for five days across the country he perhaps poignantly drew on his own experience with grief he's lost three members of his family, his immediate family before their time. So just tragically sad from the USA and perhaps in contrast to the um, more happy tone here, maybe. Yeah, no. There you go. Moving yeah, on. Anyway, I can't, can't really add much to that. Very no. sad, very sad very indeed. Sad. Um, um, but I suppose let's move on. Let's move on. Let's get some positive news in. If well, you are uh, me and me citizen in the fight for democracy, we've got some good news for you. Huge, well, well, actually, we'll get to that. Huge, 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 huge nationwide strikes have taken place across Myanmar. Um, I think I read somewhere that it was in the, in the hundreds of thousands of people shut up the doors of their businesses for one day to send a message to the ruling military that they've had enough. They've had enough of their... Um, uh, you know, military coup in which you know the popular citizen leader Aung San Suu Kyi was arrested three weeks ago on on these you know dreamt up charges of breaching imports and export laws and possessing various unlawful communication devices, which turned out to be walkie-talkies by a security guard. Um, it's 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 a time of great great significance for 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 South Asia a great time of, of significance for the citizens of Myanmar who finally sort of taken this huge stand against um, a government which has been in power since, the military government, been in power since since its uh, independence from Britain. Um, and yeah, hopefully a sign of good things to come if the military, I don't know, do anything. Wonder though, that's the crucial point. Uh, yeah, it's all, yeah, it's all well and good that the people going on strike and whatever, uh, in support of uh, Aung San Suu Kyi. Uh, but it is whether or not, the, the question is as to whether or not they will succumb to the wishes of um, mm. 
the people, I mean, security forces have shot two protesters dead across the country, uh, injured several more. Um, they are fighting back. So we'll have to see. It's an interesting situation. It's an interesting situation over, mm. over in Myanmar. Yeah. But I think what's, what's really interesting about this is, it, I think to me, is it represents this new 21st century method of protesting. We've seen it in... Hong Kong, please don't knock me up for saying this. Thank you. Um, Thailand, um, we've seen it um, in, yeah, so Hong Kong, Thailand, and now Myanmar, um, where the power of social network and the power of the internet is being harnessed by people to create these social movements, these protests, which don't have official leaders, don't have spokespeople for it, but are just people coming together and, you know, finding a cause. Like uh, you see in the reports that there'll be sort of, tens of thousands of people gathering in one city with no organized leader no one dictating where they go no one dictating what they do what their messages are but you know it'll be up to like their local church will organize something or you know a local business or trade union or gathering people together in ways which you know we just hadn't seen in the past before the internet which is why um, perhaps the military have been so tight on trying to clamp down on this um they've been very vocal um in their responses to the protesters they've said they will suffer the loss of life if they continue to do it and in the in the quote path of confrontation and they've previously tried to sort of disguise it all as just a small minority of the population but that of course was shattered um with the huge strikes the other day um but but some touching scenes as well i saw some videos of police crossing the lines of divide between protesters and police and joining the protesters um and the us obviously targeting sanctions on key figures from the regime and any sort of associated um, countries, but on the whole, a rather lacklustre response so far from the international community. Well, isn't that because, is that partially because China and Russia have not intervened or backed the military government? What's happened Absolutely, absolutely. So China um, at first, you know, said, don't add fuel to the fire, leave things as they are. Um, because um, China basically is Myanmar's biggest export partner they're the biggest the two the, the Thai countries um, um but but there's been reports that the chinese um government have been helping the military the, the, the Myanmar military set up a firewall to prevent protesters from organizing online so a firewall akin to the great wall um the great firewall of china um which of course china's dismissed as quote total nonsense and laughable but you know as they could be just a conspiracy theory. Could be the truth. There you go. Really yeah. There you go. I mean, for the, for the... It's become a breeding ground of conspiracy theories. <laughs> but I have well, seen it. I have seen it on the credible news. So who knows? There you go. I mean, for the sake of balance, we must um, uh, briefly acknowledge the under the rule of Aung San Suu Kyi and whether or not this was her fault or her involvement mm. in this uh, is up for debate. But the 2017... Thousands of Rohingya Muslims mm. were uh, murdered. 700,000 had to flee to Bangladesh. Aung San Suu Kyi has failed publicly to properly condemn uh, these, these actions. So, I mean, yes, the protests are in favour of the democratically elected leader of Burma, mm. etc. But her, her copybook is not without blots. So I think we should, as, a, as an unbiased Definitely. podcast... We should raise that point. 
Take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Shall we uh, move on to skedaddle on to another to another very important situation? Is there a reason why you've taken on such an accent there, Mr. Duckworth? You see, there is a crisis a brewing (laughs) north of the border. Uh, no, no, this, oh. is, <laughs> this is the this is this is Scotland, the Scottish government. So what's going on? Salmon versus sturgeon is terribly, terribly, terribly complicated, and I cannot be bothered hmm. to explain. I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> when we, we talked about it in our production meeting the other night, and it is, I set about researching it this morning, and I was like, "Oh my, my lord, my where do I hurts. begin?" My brain hurts, you see. Um, So I will give a brief summary of what's been going on. So Mr. Salmond... Are you kind? kind? Mr. Salmond has been accused of sexual crimes, but he was acquitted of those. Uh, He has since accused senior members of the Scottish government of trying to remove him from public life. After an inquiry into Mr. Salmond's behaviour before his trial, the courts ruled that the Scottish government's handling of the inquiry was unfair. Um, so there's there's been a massive falling out, Sturgeon versus Salmond. Salmond saying that there's been this conspiracy involving Sturgeon's wife, Peter Morrill, chief executive of the SNP. The main point that's um, concerning Nicola Sturgeon is that Salmond is accusing her of lying about the date of a private meeting mm-hmm. between Sturgeon and Salmon, which Sturgeon claims she just forgot about. Uh, if, she's, if she's found to have uh, broken the ministerial code, she would technically have to resign. However, we'll go on to that later. Um, this week, Salmond has delayed his appearance in front of another committee after the Crown Court redacted some of Mr. Salmond's evidence that he was going to present, which has effectively, according to him, silenced him. Um, so that's sort of a basic rundown as to what's happened. What we want to focus on here is what this means for independence. The, the ever- Independence. The, the saga of independence. Do you have anything to um, to say on that? I don't know, man. There's so much. Um, but yeah, no, it's quickly before we move on to, to, to independence, we'll just, just quickly touch on everything you said there. Um, it's, it's, it's huge. It's huge for Sturgeon. Um, as you've mentioned, there's, there's, there's two inquiries going on. Um, and it's this 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 um, parallel inquiry going on to the sort of Alex main Alex Almond one, um, where Sturgeon, yes, as you mentioned, uh, um, went into a meeting um, and and allegedly lied to Parliament, um, claiming that she hadn't heard of the allegations Salmond had sort of put put forth against her, even though she'd heard it in the meeting perhaps the day before. Now, what's key to this is that as a part of the ministerial code, as you mentioned, she has to log every meeting that she does. It's part of this, you know, whole transparency of government. And if she hasn't, if, she, if, if she's taken to have been, been lying, it opens up questions of what what else has been happening um, and how, how far we can substantiate some of Salmon's claims. Um, but for, for Scotland's independence, it's, some would say it's a span into the works, but if we look at that a bit more closely, is it? You know, Scotland and the SNP um, have some of the highest approval ratings ever. The The mood for independence is, is high. Firstly, with the advent of Brexit, we've left the EU. Scotland, as we saw in, in the referendum, was very much for it. 
And furthermore, Nicola Sturgeon is getting great reviews for her handling of the coronavirus. She's seen as, you know, this, this person who can stand up to the power of Westminster, can stand up to the bully of Boris Johnson. And well, that is an, an interesting point that you raise there, because um, another sort of facet of this divide is that Team Salmon think that now is an opportune moment to the SNP to take a radical approach and try to bypass Westminster in securing independence. Uh, Sturgeon is accused, is not, apparently not keen on this and is accused of being cautious. Um, but I mean, there's all this, there's all this, you know, oh, she's popular, oh, there's this, oh, there's that. But there is the crucial point. <laughs> so Sturgeon, for example, wins the election, asks for an independence referendum. The trial goes well for us. Salmon loses, whatever. The, sorry, the inquiry and the investigations go well for her, not the trial. We'll make that point clear. Um, what happens when she goes to Boris and says, can I have a referendum? And, and Boris says, no. What happens then? <laughs> There's, um, Chaos. You know. Chaos. Chaos. Well... You know, you link it to the old, um, was it the Catalonian example where, you know, they just went behind the government's back and just hosted this informal referendum, yeah, which, I mean, which voted over, overwhelmingly for independence. Um, but obviously, you know, they need the consent of parliament for that to work. And I don't know, it's... I mean, there's far more popular, there was far more popularity for um, independence in Catalonia than there is... Um, for independence in Scotland. And people were arrested and imprisoned, I believe, over the Catalonia referendum. So that would be a extreme, the extreme mm, way mm, of mm. going about things. Um, but we, we will wait and see. Uh, very interesting. Though. I mean, they sort of almost house of cards, this titanic struggle between two, you know, yeah, the, two titans of Scottish of, politics. Of Scottish, the two colossuses of uh, yeah. Scottish politics, and apparently one trying to, well, not apparently, allegedly one trying to utterly destroy and imprison the other. So watch this space, is what I have to say. Watch this space. We'll Should we move on? We've got to move on. We've got to move on. We've et up a beautiful 20 plus minutes so far. So we'll move oh, swiftly yeah. on to our next subject. From the depths of the internet, we found this headline, William. Oh yes, uh, San Francisco, San Francisco, San Francisco, San Francisco. <laughs> historic building has been moved by the owner. I mean, in, in its entirety, it, it takes leaving house to a whole different level. But <laughs> I don't know, man. That'd be so convenient. Like looking at it, I don't know. Well, firstly, I wasn't here to. Move, move all my belongings from college to, to my house. But I'm going to have to shout out Hope and her, and her, and her sister for doing it because if, if we could just move Hill Bead to, 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 to the viaduct, my life would be easy. Do you know what I mean? It would, that would be make a beautiful thing. Yeah. It this house in San Fran was 139 years old. They only moved it six blocks away, but still it was an impressive, yeah. an impressive thing. It reminded me a bit of Up, really, this sort of house just moving. I did think that. I did think that. It was this you know, beautiful house gliding <laughs> little, like a car almost. It was beautiful. But yeah, you saw the amount of engineers that surrounded it and the complex. The hills of San Francisco are steep. I've never been, but you look on <laughs> you can any say film and you notice they aren't the flattest <laughs> things in the world. Yeah. Well, very good. Very good. Moving well, we on. wish, we wish the house all the best in its new location. 
And yeah, moving on to, do you want to talk about this eight-year-old mastermind Zoom WizKid genius? Well, WizKid mastermind Zoom genius? WizKid genius, all of the above. Um, an eight-year-old girl has been branded, a quote, quote this, I'm going to quote this, a legend for a Zoom trick to avoid online lessons. She'd confused all of her teachers for weeks because basically she did one little thing. What was it? Well, what she did is she continually entered her password wrong in logging into Zoom, which locks you out of Zoom for a significant period of time, matters of days, I think, which Mm. meant that she was unable to access her account and all the teachers and her parents were unable to explain this. So she was basically sort of, basically was able to get away with not doing school and her ruse was discovered, but um, we we just have to take our hats off to her uh, because no one likes... No one likes Zoom, really. Very clever. Very People clever. People go to extreme measures to not have to do Zoom school. I mean, I the amount of times I'm getting ready for this podcast, about to log on to Zoom with you, and I think, you know what? Maybe not this week. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll leave Will on air alone. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, every time I've thought against it, but maybe, maybe we need to start thinking a bit more like that eight-year-old girl. Who knows? Let's do it. Well, very, very good. And finally, should we go over to Whitney, the former Whitney. constituency of former Prime Minister David Cameron? I'll have you know. Was it now? Yeah, in Oxfordshire, yeah. Anyway, I didn't so know that. this is, this is the story. You go. Go on. You tell I'm going to read out. I'm going to read it out to you. Good. A pensioner has boycotted his local supermarket, the co-op, after the store refused him 50p off his shredded wheat. There's a picture online where he proudly holds up his coupon for 50p off and he was denied this, Mr. John Osman. I'm shocked. The co-op on Whitney's High Street has denied this man his human right. This, this is what we came into the podcasting business for, is to fight these battles. This is- now, well, he apparently only presented his coupon after buying uh, the shredded wheat. So, and the, and the store obviously rejected his, his pleas so we sympathise with this man's plight. You know, these these coupons can be can be ruddy ruddy complicated, but um, terrible yeah. things. Big big stuff from the Oxford Mail. So thank you very much for getting the true that news in. across to the people. We appreciate the work you do. And, and last, can... but certainly not least, we have just a couple of questions from our loyal legions of listeners. Do you want to read the first one? Four of our listeners have sent in questions this week. And our first one... Four questions. I can't speak. Our first one comes from Beth, who said, what are your plans for the 21st? Um, And of course, by that, I I assume she references the 21st of June, which, as we mentioned earlier, is D-Day for coronavirus restrictions. (laughs) D-Day. Oh, there you go. The list is too long. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to kick it off? I'll be in my room making no noise and pretending that I don't exist. No, no, I'm joking. That's a joke, everyone. I'll be, I'll be tearing it up with, um, with the rest of Durham. It's going to be big. It's going to be. It's going to be huge. It's going to be. It's going to be huge. I can see myself getting out of bed, in line with whenever Spoons decides to open. You know, I'll check it on. You know, check it on the old social media the night before. Together at ten a.m. And I don't think we'd leave. I don't think we'd 
plan on leaving? We just were club afterwards. It will go next door. Yeah, true. Then that ends. <laughs> then we'll go back to them. Then we'll just stay in a cycle between them forever because we've missed out oh. on a year, a year of our lives. God, what catching up to do? No, I, I, not, I think not, it's going to be big. It's going to be some big stuff. No, uh, you go to any concerts? Concerts? Yeah. No. Yeah. Any? Uh, take concert. that for you. Uh, JLS, we're going to come to Newcastle, so we're thinking about that one. But apart from that. oh yes, <laughs> uh, me and Ben. Oh, Matt, it's just weird. No, it's weird talking about that. It's weird talking about stuff like a concert because <laughs> now I cannot. I cannot even fathom being in a room of more than sort of I don't know oh, ten people. people yeah. <laughs> ten people. I don't know. I was on a full bus yesterday, and even that felt weird. That felt it's, very strange. This this is a strange situation, but we'll, we will be free one day, everyone. Um, fingers crossed fingers, fingers crossed. crossed next question yeah, send, in, send from... in what you'll be up to on the 21st yes yeah do actually uh, all, all over on our Instagram page at the current affairs podcast do yeah. DM us with what you we'd want love to be doing we'd love to hear from you um, final question final segment final thing final thing we're doing it's is the a final countdown sorry yeah. that was it's a question from Sam that says, if Will is the podfather, isn't it only appropriate if Ben, I've written Will, but Ben is the podmother. And seeing as this is about your preferred title, I'm going to pass that over to you, I think. Oh, yeah, no, exactly. I've given it, I've given it a bit of thought. We've given it a bit of thought before. We thought through all the movies. We thought, you know, what did we come up with? What did we come up with? Anyway, they weren't very good. Um, Harry Potter yeah Harry Potter (laughs) yeah like Podbo Baggins but you know all equally (laughs) rubbish and then and then you know Podmother's not bad but then I thought oh this is this is going good I draw upon my you know deep deep internet intellectual knowledge of of the uh, of the the film franchise Shrek to come up with the fairy Podmother your fairy Podmother there we go fairy Podmother I sort of spring into action when I'm needed once a week, every Friday at 2.35 on, on um, stereo. Spring yeah. into action and deliver the, the, the world with some, with some wisdom and fairy podmothery sort of magic. Well, I, I, want you, I, I really like her, um, the fairy godmother. I think you should recreate this. I really like her rendition of I Need a Hero in oh, Shrek 2. The I, I Need know, a that's... Hero special coming to you at some point <laughs> in the future. All of our trailers can be... Um, you dancing to that. Uh, <laughs> I'll have it in C major, please. C major. C major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. And you Stay just tuned. you just started singing I Will Survive as well. You went at what first you... I was <laughs> what, what was you what were you saying? Well you said you firstly said C major and it's C minor, and then you started <laughs> singing you started singing I Will Survive by going at first I was afraid. Well it doesn't That's start a with song, that, isn't it? it? No, it starts with <laughs> where have all the good men gone and where are all <laughs> that's the song. I mean So you've disgraced yourself the there, fairy podmother. They're um, the same song, aren't they? They're not the same song, no. <laughs> no Alright, I'll do a bit of market research before we before we put that into week, the Ben's gonna give us a full rendition of both songs and we'll just that'll be it. That's the whole show. Um Yeah. It'll be a quick six minute special. Maybe we'll be a bit lazy that week. 
Yeah. yeah, I don't know. There you go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, everyone, uh, thank wow. you very much for listening. That's all for this week, but tune in next week, either on Purple Radio, Saturday, 11am, podcast. dare you to tune in. I dare, yeah, we all dare you. We dare you. Uh, tune in on yeah. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, we're back. Our live show is back to the usual time at 2.35pm on Fridays on, like, on, mm. the stereo, on the stereo app under the, the Current Affairs podcast with Will and Ben. Uh, but apart from that, thank you all very much for listening. Yep. And uh, see you next week, guys. Goodbye. Cheerio. Cheerio. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.